You're listening to Highlights from the Creative Process interview with Jonathan Fermansky. This podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. Directing is its own art form. So I have great respect and appreciation for directing and all of the directors that I've had an opportunity to work with, but I just know it's not me. So I'm happy that cinematography found me or I found it or how, however it works out. But I think that. I mean, I appreciate what you said about how cinematography obviously is its own art form and can function as a character in a project and in the audience's experience watching that project. I think cinematography can, I don't want to say it can make or break a project because I think ultimately the writing and the performances are the two kind of, they're the foundation of any good project. But I think that cinematography can either elevate or undermine both the writing or the performances depending on how it's treated and how it's executed. So it's to me, it's a fundamental part of the process as well, but it it helps me. I like to think that what I do is I take other people's things and make it better. That's basically what I'm there to do besides express myself as a cinematographer individually. So these conversations continue through pre-production, through table reads, through location scouts. There are many times you walk into a room or a building or a house or whatever. And we think about like, oh my gosh, you know, this this takes place in the kitchen and let's go over here and look at the kitchen, la la la. But then we might see a room or a space or something else where we say like, you know what, this feels more appropriate for what we're trying to do. And that can then maybe make the, make the writers change the scene. So it takes place in a different environment or something like that. So it's an evolution. It's an ongoing conversation up until the point where we're actually shooting. For example, on the last season, we were shooting in this one home, a large kind of, I wouldn't call it a mansion, but a very big home in upstate New York. And uh, there's a room that was basically just filled with mirrors, floor to ceiling mirrors everywhere and all that stuff. And there was nothing in the script that took place in a room like that. But we all just kind of felt like, well, it would be a shame not to take advantage of it. So one of the scenes was adapted to take place there. And that's just one of the most enjoyable parts of it is that you really can react to things as they are in front of you, which is, is it just makes the, ultimately the, the, the project better in the end, instead of being rigid and saying like, no, this needs to be like this or this. So you kind of go with the flow a little bit. Good Boys was the biggest thing I had done uh, up until that point in my career. And I, I'll admit that there was a little bit of intimidation going into that. It was a studio movie. It was my first studio movie. And I just wanted to be as prepared and aware and as nimble as possible for anything that came up. So that meant just being a little bit more of, I mean, I don't know if, how appropriate this is, but like an armchair general than being a soldier in the field. And I think I prefer being a soldier in the field, but you know, that project just for me, it meant that I could be next to the directors and, and kind of talking to them and communicating with the crew and just letting them run with the ball a little bit more. But then I could just make sure that like the ship is always pointing in the right direction and think more about like the bigger creative choices and less about the minutia. Although sometimes the fun is in the minutia. So it's, I, I wish I could have been a little bit more intimately involved. And I kind of bristle at saying that I wasn't intimately involved because I, of course I was, I mean, that was five months of my life spent 
filming that movie. So um, including all the prep. So it's, there's, it, it was always going to be an intimate thing, but you know, less tangible, maybe is a better way to put it. It just feels like more like you're, instead of you're cooking the meal, you're telling somebody how to cook it. But ultimately, as long as it's good, it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, it's very good. And I think there is such a, again, there's this line, I, I think it's, it's like search party, there's this line, there's this tenderness, there's a very lovely sweetness about that film with the humor. And then you don't, there's a like a, they're just approaching maturity for the boys so i think it, they could go over that lines very easily so i don't know how you this is something that you bear in mind when you're planning the the, the look of it a little bit obviously i similar to search party like i can't take any credit for the writing but the gene and lee and and the other writers who were involved they made sure that although the movie was basically about a bunch of 11 year olds who are very vulgar and say a lot of vulgar things that they needed to be also charming and endearing and sweet and funny. And that is a tough thing to do. And so it kind of affected my job in that I needed to make sure that I wasn't getting in the way of that, that not only were the directors and the writers given enough room to say like, oh, okay, we thinking like maybe we want to do this or this, but also that the actors, that the boys didn't feel too constrained and they felt that they could be natural because if they felt natural and comfortable, then that charm and that fun and that sweetness would come through a lot more naturally and it, it, it wouldn't feel clumsy or anything like that. So I tried to create an environment where people didn't feel too constricted in terms of like what, they're, what they wanted to do or where they wanted to be or how they wanted to stage things. Well, Arctic Sun was the story of a guy who lived in this town of Old Crow, which is up in the Yukon above the Arctic Circle, a town of about 200 people. And as he put it, it was where people go where they either can't go anywhere else or they can't leave. So it's you know, just very remote. Just to step back and say, for say, anytime you do a documentary project and you're spending that much time in an intimate fashion with people who are in a, a, a situation that is so different from yours, you're automatically going to learn something. And that's part of the enjoyment of it. And that does end up kind of pushing the direction of the film or the project in ways that you can't kind of predict. And so I learned a lot about what it means to be a human being and watching people who have figured out how to string nets under a foot and a half of ice across a river in the middle of winter when it's 30 below. It's remarkable. It just, it's, it kind of was reaffirming in a lot of ways for me. And then we did have a lot of conversations about the environment because one of the things that people in that part of the world rely on are things like herds of caribou that come through and fish and things like that. And given that there, there is a lot of environmental destruction happening, those herds are thinning out or they're not necessarily coming nearby anymore. And this is something that those people in those parts of the world have to wrestle with. And it's not a, for them, it's not, it's not a, there's nothing metaphoric about it. It's like a real life issue for them because that's where everything is coming from that helps them to survive. Yeah, I've been lucky. I have to admit, I've been really lucky that I, I, as I said, 
I came to documentaries accidentally, but I'm so fortunate that I, and I'm so thankful that I was, that I was given that opportunity or those opportunities because it really has opened up the world to me. And it, it enables me to think about things in a completely different way than I think I would have otherwise. And being in these situations, I think the ones that were the most enjoyable, whether it was a musician on tour or it was something like Arctic Sun and being with a small family, it's when you get to be in, room, in a room with people and see the world through their eyes for a little while, that's when it's the most enjoyable. And that's when you're really kind of like thinking about the way to express that in the best way possible. And I think that's where the most creativity comes from is when you're exposed to these things that are new and, and eye-opening that, that provide the most inspiration for thinking about things a little bit differently and providing maybe, maybe it's different for you, maybe it's different for the audience, maybe it's different for somebody, but a different bit of a different perspective on the story or the people. I feel like it's like one of the challenges of artists, but of people in general is I think about what is this nature of being a child of being, which I think that we're all in touch with when we're in the creative process, because we're playing and making things just like children. Remember what that's like again. And I just feel like it's one of the challenges that we all face is that how to maintain our innocence through maturity. And so just being able to see anyone who's able to hold on to those moments, even if it's like on tour when things get monotonous and Mm -hmm. find the fresh and the new in it, uh, it's just something we can learn a lot from. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, you know, how, I mean, I guess that experience is a little bit different for everybody, but I guess what I've been thinking recently over the last few years, maybe this is just me getting older, but I just, I think, I kind of think we're all just still children and that adulthood is just a facade that we all put on ourselves to like, so we can present and say like, oh, I'm wise and I have experience and I have, I have history that I can point to and draw on and all that kind of stuff. But when push comes to shove, we're all just, we're all still kids at heart. And I think we all want to be kids at heart, not childish, which I'm not saying immature, but more childlike and just having people want a sense of wonder. People want a sense of amazement and new. And I think that it's just, if you're worried about being an adult, like I think it feels like you cross, you, you close those opportunities off. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast to listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews. Click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.